and welcome to mini episode 129 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have four spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from June the 6th 2021 and I want to give you a warning before the first story that it does touch on issues such as bulimia so if that is something that's going to be triggering for you please feel free to skip forward and story number one comes from Amy. When I was 12 years old I had a best friend called Lisa. She was very strange and that's putting it lightly. Most people got a very uneasy feeling around Lisa. She had a tendency to say really uncomfortable or awkward things at the worst times. Now don't get me wrong, I'm a very quirky person myself, so by no means was I judging her, but I was her only friend. She came into my life after I suffered from an extremely traumatic event. So at this time, I was rather weird myself and found comfort in her. She lived alone with her mum in this massive house in the desert. Her mum delivered babies, so she had quite a lot of money to support herself and my friend. I started going to her house regularly after school due to the fact that my parents worked until around 7pm. I would ride the bus home with her and stay until my mum would pick me up. During this time we were usually alone. Her mum was never home and we loved it because we had a massive house to do whatever we wanted in. Things started off pretty bloody awesome. But then one day, her mum was home when we got home from school. Now this was my first time meeting her mum, even though we'd been hanging out at her house for months prior to this point. When we walked into the house, her mum was sitting at the kitchen counter drinking wine and reading a book. She turned around to greet us, and she had this horrifyingly big smile on her face. I assumed she had just gotten out of the shower because she was soaking wet. But the weird thing was that she had this bright orange lipstick on. It was weird because she had absolutely no other makeup on and her hair was dripping wet. So the initial introduction left me slightly uneasy. Her mum was very inquisitive and wanted to ask me lots of questions. I just assumed she wanted to get to know me, but Lisa kept begging her to leave me alone and let us go and hang out in her room. After Lisa had asked her mum to stop talking to me for what seemed like the tenth time her mum snapped at her, whipped her head around and said in a very deep and serious voice, You do not tell me what to do. This sent absolute shivers down my spine and I knew I needed to leave the house ASAP because her mum was clearly mad. So I called my mum to come pick me up and I left her house shortly after. I do want to take this time to elaborate on the questions her mum was asking me. She was asking me things like, have you ever seen a dead body? Have you ever looked into the eyes of an owl? Would you like to watch a tsunami death video with me? These were just a few of the questions that left me uncomfortable as hell. When my mum picked me up, Lisa's mum came out of the house barefoot with this orange lipstick on to meet my mum. My mum was very weird and I didn't understand why she was very short and rude to this lady after just meeting her. It took me a second to realise, but my friend's mum walked up to her and greeted my mum knowing her name. When we got back in the car, I asked my mum how Lisa's mum knew her name, having never met her. My mum told me that this woman used to be her OBGYN, and she had stopped going to her because she was scared of her. She then told me that I was not allowed to go over there anymore. I begged her, and told her that Lisa's mum was never there. Usual middle school girl whining. My mum finally agreed that I could go back and I just hoped that her mum wouldn't be there the next day. The next afternoon, Lisa and I got off the bus and walked to her house as we usually did. 
During this walk, Lisa asked if I would sleep over at her house, seeing that it was a Friday. I said I wasn't sure, but that I would ask my mum. So I pulled out my sidekick and called my mum to ask her. My mum wasn't happy about it, but agreed since they were going to a party in the same neighbourhood that night anyway. Lisa and I got back to her house and started doing middle girl shit. We were outside on her trampoline and I finally asked Lisa about her mum. She told me that her mum was just very weird and she didn't like her at all. She said she would regulate what Lisa did constantly and if she didn't follow orders, she would be punished. I thought it was a little weird that she used the word punished. It made it sound so brutal. I then connected the dots in my mind. Lisa suffered from bulimia. I would often go with her to the bathroom and hold her hair while she would throw up. She would scarf down loads and loads of food beforehand and then puke it all up shortly after. It made sense now that I'd met her mum. We talked about our problems for about another two hours before we went inside. It was almost dark at this point, so we decided to go out, put PJs on and watch Mean Girls. We went to her room, sat on the bed and watched the movie, laughing and eating popcorn, which I was delighted to see that she didn't force herself to throw up. I thought my friendship with her was helping her cope a little bit better. This feeling was swiftly pulled out from under me as soon as I heard the garage door opening. My friend shot up and turned off the TV. I was wondering why she was so scared of her mum walking in. I then asked Lisa what was wrong and she swiftly told me to shut up. I was kind of surprised and started to get a little bit worried. She turned to me and she said, She's not alone. I assumed that she meant her mum had brought a man home and we weren't supposed to make any noise to not scare him off, so I was silent. My friend turned off all the lights except her closet light, which was out of eyeshot from the room door, so it would still appear as if there were no lights on in the room. Her bedroom door had a three-inch gap at the bottom of it, something I thought was weird but I didn't notice until this moment where all the lights were off. From this small gap under her bedroom door, I started to see shadows. Lots of shadows. Followed by one of the most terrifying things I have ever seen. At this point, my friend jumped out of bed, ran to lock the door and ran back to jump into the bed next to me. She huddled up next to me and whispered to remain as quiet as possible so that we don't attract him. At this point, I was absolutely shitting myself. I had just come down from suffering a great trauma in my life and now I had to deal with this weird chick and her shadow people. But little did I know, it would get so much worse from here. As I watched that gap under the door, all of a sudden I started to hear stomping down the hallway. This was weird to me because her mum had never come inside from the garage door, which was directly to the right of Lisa's bedroom door. So at this point I was wondering who the hell was stomping down the hall. Still not thinking that this was a paranormal event and believing her mum was going to attack us. Then I saw them. Under the crack of the door, two large black feet appeared. They were way larger than any feet I had ever seen. They looked like they were suffering from frostbite and had thick yellow toenails. At this moment I thought there was no way this was her mum. I freaked out at this point yelling, Who the fuck is that? while my friend tackled me to put her hand over my mouth and begged me to stop yelling as tears streamed down her face. I realised that I too was crying at this point. I was so terrified. She whispered to me, You can see the feet too. I nodded my head yes, 
and then she whispered, No one else has ever been able to see them. At this point, I hadn't looked at the door for about a minute. I turned my head and the feet were now pointing towards the door. Lisa and I held each other crying as whatever this was began pounding on the door. It was an extremely forceful pounding coming from the very top of her eight foot tall door. With every pound, my body shook violently and then it stopped. It was silent for 30 seconds and I thought it would go away because we were being quiet. I was wrong. It started pounding on the door much faster and started screaming so loud that we covered our ears. At this point, her mum walked in the door. She walked in and said, Now, 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 that is no way to treat our new guest. I watched as her feet turned towards the door and she tried to open it with the demonic feet still standing next to her. Lisa, why would you lock this door? You need to open this door right now. I'm counting down from 10 and you need to have this door open before I get to 1. At this time, I snapped out of my fear and grabbed my phone. I called my mom, which was at about 11pm at this point, and screamed down the phone for my mom to come and get me right now. I got up off the bed while her mom was still counting and my friend started walking to the door. I screamed at her not to open the door while I tried to pull open the window. It wouldn't budge. I noticed my mom pulling up outside and jumping out of her car. My friend had made it to the door at this point and unlocked it. I did one of the bravest things I've ever done in my life. I put my hand over my eyes and ran. I ran through the door, smacking my shoulder on her mum's arm and feeling a freezing cold pain in my other arm where the spirit was. My mum was banging on the door at this point and told me afterwards that the lights were flickering inside the house. I opened the door, grabbed my mom and ran to the car and we got into the car and sped off. This was one of the most terrifying moments of my life. I told my parents the whole story and they didn't once doubt me. I never lied to them and they knew that. I had night terrors after this and had to sleep with my parents for about five months. My dad ended up telling me to remember something that his granddad had told him when he saw ghosts as a child. Only the living can hurt you. I live by this now and I'm not fearful of much anymore. I am now very spiritual and open myself up to the occult in order to never be scared like this again. I didn't see Lisa again after this until college where I tried to reconnect with her but realised that she'd become just like her mother and dabbled in black magic. I didn't talk to her ever again after this. Before we do any dissection here, it is obvious, and I know it's obvious to you guys, but I just wanted to say that there is a difference between mental health issues, toxic relationships and the paranormal. And I don't think for a second that Amy was trying to mix up any of those things at all. In fact, she very clearly says that there was issues within the relationship between Lisa and her mother, that Lisa was suffering from bulimia, that the mother was engaged in some very problematic behaviour and that she kind of understood then why Lisa's behaviour was a little bit odd. But just for anybody listening, I'm not for a second trying to say that bulimia, toxic relationships, whatever, are caused by paranormal situations or supernatural events in a household. However, those feet under the doorway... Someone explain to me what that is. And the mother obviously walked down the hallway, stopped at whatever this thing was and said to it, that is no way to treat a guest. And then turned to get the girls 
to open the door. I don't know if we've ever heard a story like this before. It is terrifying. It's awful. Whatever this creature was on the other side of the door was obviously something that Lisa was terrified of, but the mother was aware of it. Was it something that was like created by the energy in the household? Or was the mother into some weird stuff? Lisa then subsequently ended up later in her life being into some strange practices. Was it a shared experience because there's so much trauma going on in this story? I don't know. And story number two comes from Leo. So much has happened to me since my last email that I honestly don't know where to begin. I was hoping to share more stories from college, but honestly after changing schools my sophomore year, I don't have many stories from campus to share. I spent the rest of my school days making better friends and working full-time while going to school full-time. I spent my college nights and sometimes days feeling spirits sitting in my car on my drives home or around me on campus. I got very good at ignoring them and would tell my ghost stories at mini college parties. I've always hated sleeping alone and started meditating to help me sleep when my roommates were out. This got me back into tarot cards and opened up a whole new world for me. It's been a few years and I've since met three spirit guides and now know how to protect myself and how to actually kick spirits the fuck out of my space when they're not welcome. This often happens by me feeling them and sternly saying, get out, you are not welcome here. I say this out loud and it always spooks my partner even though he claims to not believe in this stuff. As he was editing this, my partner wanted me to make sure it was known that he is spooked by my sudden yelling and not by the large black blobs that I'm yelling at. During the spring of my senior year of college, my father passed suddenly. His death was incredibly painful to me because he never made it to my graduation or any of the many milestones that came after my first apartment. After his passing, he only ever really came back to say hello once. When he passed, both my sister and I felt a sense of peace and calm. We could feel that he was happy and finally at rest. After that, he never showed up like we thought he would. Him and my sister had always loved creepy stuff, so we thought for sure that he would come back and make himself known. It wasn't until about six months after his passing that I finally saw him in a dream. At the time of the dream, I was so scared. I finally felt like a fully-fledged adult with my own apartment and full-time job. I was struggling a lot with him not being around and felt almost abandoned by him. In my dream, I was at the dentist and met up with the family from my classroom at the time. Shortly after meeting them, I saw my dad. He was so happy and in each hand he held the hand of little twin girls. He was walking away so I wasn't able to say hi or even to get to him. By the time I tried, he had already waved goodbye to me with a huge smile and walked into a bright light with the girls. I firmly believe this was him telling me that he was happy. He was getting a second chance at life and being the person he'd always wanted to be. Since then, I've never felt him around and neither has my sister. Because my dad just passed as I was finishing college, I was forced to move in with my mother and her boyfriend until my current partner and I were able to find an apartment together. My mother had been in and out of my life since high school and her boyfriend was a piece of work, to put it kindly. Their house always had bad energy and I have a few creepy stories to share. My mother has always had a bad relationship with alcohol. This is sad on its own as it often leaves her angry and abusive. On top of this, 
she has always maintained that when she gets too drunk, she sees the floating heads of four beings that she says are evil. This has always scared me and is one of the reasons I put up so many protections against spirits now. My sister and I firmly believe that she has an evil entity attached to her. It's very sad to me and I honestly hope the best for her. As I said before, her home has always creeped me out. At night, the kitchen and living room always feel like someone is watching you from them and sometimes I think I can see the silhouette of a woman watching me. Normally, I can see or feel the women watching me from the living room when I am in the kitchen and from the kitchen when I am in the living room. Despite how creepy it is, I used to sleep in the living room a lot because I found the TV to be a comfort. The basement was also creepy. It was half finished. Going down the stairs, you had two rooms on the left. One had a pool table and one was my mom's sewing room. In her sewing room, she kept her mother's cremated remains and a creepy old picture of her. Her mother was also abusive to her and I never liked looking at the picture. I also never felt welcome in that room and wouldn't go down there alone unless their dog was with me. The right side was unfinished. It held a few things for storage and then at the very end had a door to the creepiest part of the whole house. As you entered, you found yourself standing on a long porch and it went out about four feet but was only two feet wide. The entire rest of the room was a dirt floor that was about two feet lower than the porch. The top part had shelving along the wall and the dirt part had the normal odds and ends basements have like a boiler and stuff. I never went in there and refused to come all the way in when she asked me to go in with her. Even my mom hated that room. One day she called me and told me that she was home alone and had gone downstairs. She had a creepy feeling that someone was in the house and she found the door to that creepy room wide open. I told her not to go in there and to call her boyfriend to come home. She said it was fine and went back upstairs. They did have someone break in a few months before and at the time of this story had a large piece of wood nailed across the basement door leading to outside. This piece of wood was still there and the only other entrance to the home was from the door off the kitchen that she had been cooking in all day. The final things from her house I still don't know how I feel about. My sister's partner is also a medium, but he is a lot stronger than me. He has only ever stayed at my mom's house twice before we stopped contact and he refused to stay again. They did not get along, but he also told my sister and I that she does in fact have something evil attracted to her. He also asked me if I ever felt chased up the basement stairs. I always did, and used to run up them each time I left the basement. He told us that he could see what was chasing us and I still can't get the image out of my mind. I am very glad it has never showed itself to me. He described it as a small dog-like thing, almost like a mini version of a hairless werewolf, but with barely a neck. It had a long and triangular shaped snout and it looked like it had burn marks all over its body. It had long sharp teeth all around its mouth like a shark and always had its teeth bared. He told us about this before I had to live there, so during the short time I was there I was always worried about seeing it myself. I still felt chased up the stairs, and sometimes I swore I could hear whatever it was on the stairs but I never saw it. Honestly, Basements and I do not get along. Again, we've got a story that is centred around a household that has lots of trauma. And I, you know, I'm not going to labour the point, but I don't know what happens to the energy of a household when there's so much negative stuff going on bad relationships abusive relationships addiction 
Like all of those things are so damaging to the people that are involved with it. So I don't know, maybe that is something to do with negative energy and this little dog-like creature that is knocking around in the basement. Who knows? And story number three comes from Emmett. To preface this story, I am now 15 years of age and have moved houses twice since living in the house where this event took place. And I've not had another encounter with this entity since then. When I was around eight years old, I lived in a relatively small, charming house with many, many foundation and construction issues. We had termites, uneven doors, leaks in the basement, all normal stuff. However, one particular problem couldn't be explained logically by anybody we talked to about it. In my mother's room, there was a corner across from her bed where the paint on her walls would never dry. No matter how thin she painted it, no matter if we put a dehumidifier in the corner, no matter what we did, the paint would always stay soft or even wet. There was no water leakage, it was not above a basement, nothing like that, but it just wouldn't dry. As a young child, I never gave it any thought. It didn't creep me out at all. But my mom, a very spiritual person, was concerned to say the least. But she still didn't give it much thought. One night, I'd climbed out of bed to sleep with my mother, as I did when I couldn't fall asleep. We both had quickly fallen fast asleep when suddenly I awoke for no reason. I sat up and looked around in the dark, when my eyes locked onto the corner where the paint never dried. I saw a dark mass. I froze and held my breath. The mass seemed to slowly get closer and closer to me, gliding through the dark out of the corner getting closer and closer until I could make out what it was. This is going to sound stupid and crazy, but I can see it so vividly in my mind that this thing was an anthropomorphic black panther-type creature wearing a red suit. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I can picture it like it happened yesterday. It got closer and closer to me until it let out a long, drawn-out gasp, almost as if it was trying to yell but could only produce a breathy shout. Naturally, I screamed my head off, waking up my mother who tried to calm me down, eventually getting me back to sleep. She didn't see this thing, nor did she hear its breath. Before you try and debunk this as sleep paralysis, I did sit up upon waking, meaning I could absolutely move. I don't see how it could have been in my imagination, as I was shielded from horror movies or anything like that. The house has since been demolished and the land is yet to be built upon again. We've covered stories before where paranormal activity or poltergeist activity has been centred around water within a household and water appearing and disappearing and coming from the ceiling. So that part of the story isn't particularly bizarre in the grand scheme of things. But an anthropomorphic, I can barely even say that word, panther in a suit is leaning onto the bizarre spectrum. But I love it. My question is... If it's anthropomorphic and it's wearing a suit, is it a sort of a bodysuit? Like a dancer's glittery bodysuit? Or was it like a red three-piece suit kind of suit? Because I'm trying to picture it in my brain and the lines are getting blurred as to what it is. And story number four comes from Anonymous. I'm a postgraduate molecular biology student in India. So basically my whole life, I've been a rational thinker and do not necessarily believe in something that can't be justified by science. However, there have been experiences in my life that I simply can't explain. 
One such incident happened when I was in my high school preparing for my annual exams. I was a very studious kid and needed top grades for admission in a top university. I stayed up very late in the night studying and went to bed around 3am. It was 2017 and I had three months left for the exams. Around that very year, my former neighbour with whom I grew up with had passed away. He had taken his own life and naturally I was grief-stricken. It was around eight days after his death and I was, as usual, studying late at night. Then I heard something. I always had heard strange noises in the night, sometimes owls, sometimes insects and sometimes sounds out of imagination and paranoia. But I could always differentiate between the real and the imaginary. But this time, it was different. I could tell there was something off about the sound I heard and I could never forget it in my whole life. What I heard on my left ear was Dang in the voice of my dead neighbour. Dang is my nickname. It was like a stretched out whisper. I got very scared and immediately went to bed and covered myself in blankets. Around two days later, I was once again studying late night in my room. My bedroom was on the second floor of my house and my mom and dad's bedroom was on the first floor. My mother always had a habit of coming in to check on me at midnight to see if I had fallen asleep on the table or if I needed something to eat. She would sometimes call me directly from her bedroom. That night, I was fully awake and solving a particularly difficult math problem. Then I heard footsteps of my mother climbing up the stairs with the distinctive sound of her walk as she had one surgically repaired leg and also the sound of her clanking bangles. But she didn't knock and immediately after her footsteps stopped just on the other side of the door, I got a phone call from her and I picked up. She, as usual, told me to go to sleep. But it wasn't that that freaked me out. What freaked me out was the fact that I could hear the television and my father's snores in the background of the call. How was it possible that my mother could be in two places at once? The path from her bedroom to mine was a long one and my mother couldn't have returned back to her bedroom so fast and it usually takes a while for her to walk. That incident freaked me out a lot. Later, I found out that there had been strange activities going on in the deceased person's house, but it stopped right after the 10th day when all the Hindu rituals were completed, as it is said that the spirit finds peace only after the 10th day post-death, according to our culture. The whole of 2016 and 2017 was a very dark year for our family. There were family issues, personal troubles, my neighbour had died, both of our dogs died and a whole lot of issues. Every endeavour used to be unsuccessful with bad luck. Everybody used to be depressed and cranky all the time, especially me and my sister. Me and my sister had hauntings and went into a deep depression. My sister used to see black shapes roaming around her room at night. She described them to be like the Dementors from Harry Potter because it was depressing as hell. My mother had suspicions of something dark going on so she brought a local cleanser. The cleanser searched around our whole house and found a tiny little metal object wrapped with a cloth and hairs buried under the ground in our backyard. She told us that someone, who probably had a grudge against us, had bewitched our family and let something out. Me and my sister were most affected because the dark presence had a greater influence on us and we were already struggling at that point. According to the cleanser, the dark entity could affect those with vulnerable minds with greater intensities. We burnt that metal thing and did some puja rituals. 
Gradually, things started becoming good again. I went to college and started to become my usual cheerful self again. It was the annual festival of our community. On the full moon, we light dyas and lamps and put it all around the house, in the backyard and in the fields, etc. The festival is based on the celebration of reaping of rice cultivation and also to prevent the pests ruining the crops by lighting small lamps. My older sister and our auntie had gone to the backyard of our house to put lamps over there. We have a huge backyard with all sorts of herbs, plants, vegetables and trees and a large pond with fish in it. They were just on the edge of the pond to place the lighting lamps on the ground when suddenly my sister saw the shadow of a hunched figure on the middle of the pond. It was kind of like a silhouette exposed due to the shifting of the clouds from the moon. She edged forward to see what it was. There was a strong smell of rotting raw fish in the air. The stench was unbearable according to her, something unlike she had ever smelled before, not exactly fishy or rotten. When she edged forward she saw it move and fumbling something on its hands. The thing was pitch black enough to be visible in the dark. She pulled my auntie forward and made her look at the creature. As soon as my auntie saw it, she grabbed my sister's hand, pulled her and ran back into the house as if her life depended on it. Right before she was yanked, my sister saw the thing disappear into the water with lots of splashing along a line in the pond. When they reached back home, my auntie explained to my sister that there had been stories about a local water demon that only comes out at night to eat fish and attack bypassers. In our native language, we call it back. It's quite widely known, however. Very few people have actually encountered the demon. Due to deforestation, constructions of concrete houses and drastic depletion of wetlands, such sightings have died out now and are mainly found in stories and legends. This last story goes back to 1999 when I was a one-year-old toddler and my grandfather had passed away recently. This whole series of events are told by the villagers of my father's village. My paternal grandfather was a very peculiar man. In the later stages of his life, after his children had grown up and some of them had moved out, he stopped living with his family and shifted to a tiny little hut in the middle of his rice fields. He would stay there alone, cook for himself and do his usual cultivation work. He would occasionally return back to his old home in the village, usually whenever his grandchildren would visit from the city. He would tell tales of his various encounters with different things that go bump in the night. According to him, he used to live with a special friend of his. He never told what or who this special friend was, but he would go on about how his special friend used to eat up all his lunch and then do all sorts of mischief. The friend would sometimes massage his feet. My father and my uncles never used to pay much attention to these stories and assumed they were just to entertain the grandkids. However, after his death, there were rumours among the villagers who lived near his hut. That after he had died, there were intense cries heard at night time, like moans and wails, exactly like what would be heard when a loved one passed away. It was eerie and disturbing. Nobody knew what actually lived at my grandfather, but there are speculations that it was a djinn. Jinns are supernatural entities that are tamed by humans to do their bidding. And I guess in the case of my grandfather, it was a friendly one. I love stories about magic from different cultures and countries. I find it so interesting that 
you have these cleansers that operate within communities that come into houses and they say, okay, somebody's has a grudge on you. I found this object. If you do this, then things will be better for your family. I love those stories. I think they're so fascinating. There are also so many stories of water creatures, of water demons. And oh, I love those too. Now, give me a good mermaid story. Give me a story about a creature that lives in the water. Give me a story about some sort of cryptid and I'm here for it. That is that, that is one of my favourite types of stories to see. And you know what? If somebody came out and said, we've just discovered that this particular cryptid is real, I would not be surprised. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised at all. In fact, a little part of me would be like, wow, that's that's quite exciting. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Amy, Leo, Emmett and Anonymous for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from June the 6th, 2021. And if you would like to learn anything about Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast, you can do so by checking out the website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time.